Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you just heard the number to call to be on the show. Welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you're tuned in to today's program. My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado. So give me a call. You just heard the number, 303-690-3000. And I invite you to call in, grab one of those open lines, ask questions about the Bible or Christian living or uh, perhaps your what should be our worldview as Christians concerning certain things that go on around us and what we see and what we read about. Maybe you got a prayer request. So love to talk to you about the things of the Lord and to be able to encourage you in the Word of God. Maybe you got a question that your Bible reading has brought up. I'd love to bring some clarity, some understanding, um, some context to perhaps uh, some of the things that you're reading about. Love to talk to you about Jesus, his grace, his mercy, his salvation uh, that is provided through the cross of Jesus Christ. So that number, 303-690-3000, is the number to call. We have open lines. I know it's the end of the work week. It's quite a week, wasn't it? Uh, Here in Colorado, Grace FM listeners, uh, we just all along our listening area from, you know, southern Wyoming, Cheyenne and Laramie, uh, as you head south towards Denver, Greeley and Fort Collins and Longmont and Boulder, the metro area in Denver, that includes Aurora and uh, and down towards Castle Rock, uh, we had uh, a, a large spring storm come in, uh, and then down towards Colorado Springs, those of you listening on 101.7, I heard it was really bad down there, the winds, some gusts over 90 miles an hour. Of course, that is hurricane um, force winds, a Category 2, and you got more snow than we did. We got about 4 or 5 inches here uh, in the Greeley area as you head it towards Denver, it was more seven, eight inches, and then more of a foot uh, at the Palmer Divide. Uh, People got stuck, stranded, but I think everybody's out as far as I can read and see, and and I'm glad everybody's safe, and hopefully all the roads are open. I don't know, some of those county roads out in uh, Elbert County may take a little while with the large drifts, Uh, but sometimes we enter into a week, we don't know what's going to happen, and uh, difficulty can come and, and uh, things take place that we don't know uh, were going to happen. And, uh, of course, this storm uh, was quite difficult to uh, anybody that was out there. And uh, so it, it's amazing. It's sunny today. Uh, as I look out the window, I don't see a cloud in the sky. And, and it's the snow is melting quickly, and, and soon uh, it'll be kind of forgotten, and the snow will be gone as uh, we're heading towards spring. But uh, what my hope and prayer is, is that whatever season that we're in, whether it feels warm or springtime in our hearts spiritually, or whether it feels like there's a storm going on, 
that we would know that the Lord is with us and that he cares for us and he desires to minister to us. And perhaps you need prayer today. So give me a call at 303-690-3000 as we're ending our work week. I love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. So welcome Grace FM listeners. And then also um, I just uh, want to welcome those of you listening on the East Coast on Truth FM and Hope FM Give me a call at that number, 303-690-3000. Love to talk to you about the things of the Lord and uh, to encourage you as well. I'm always so blessed when you guys on the East Coast call. Um, I'm blessed to be a part of your lives, that you're tuned in to Calvary Live, and that you're able to join us here in Colorado. And, uh, And so I see it as a privilege. There is a means for you to be able to text in a question and uh, a prayer request, and that dedicated text line is 720-336-0897. So I see that the, the phone lines are beginning to fill up, so let's go ahead. Let's go to line one to uh, Merrill in Denver. You're on Calvary Hi. Live. Oh, How thank are you. you? Uh, I'm fine, thank you. Um, I, I've been debating this question with a couple of friends of mine. We're just real unsure about it. We're all believers, but we're a little confused as far as to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But nobody's good enough to go to heaven except for Jesus as the only one that died and went to the, to the right-hand side of the Father. So when we die, do we go to heaven, or are we asleep in Christ until the rapture. Yeah. And Paul here, I think he makes it clear, and I'm going to give you a few other scriptures that you and your friends can kind of talk about and look at and discuss. But Paul, he's talking about the resurrection, of course, in Second Corinthians chapter 5. He talks about how we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. And of course, uh, Paul would write something very similar in uh, the book of Romans chapter 8, how a creation groans and our body groans. And, of course, the older I get, the more my body groans, um, just waiting to be clothed from heaven. And then he kind of sums it up by saying that uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So he's talking, obviously, about our spirit, um, the real us. When we are absent from the body, we are present with the Lord. Um, we know that Paul the Apostle in Philippians chapter 1, that he talks about that the Philippian believers were concerned about him because he's in prison. Uh, he's chained to a Roman guard. He, he doesn't know if he's going to um, you know, be released or he's going to be beheaded. So he's talking about how his chains are for the furtherance of the gospel. And in chapter 1, he says something very interesting. He says, that um, that I am hard-pressed between the two, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, nevertheless to remain uh, in the flesh is more needful for you. Now, Paul doesn't say, here I am struggling, wondering, um, it, for me to depart and be with the Lord. Uh, he doesn't say, but first I'm going to sleep for a couple thousand years, my my soul. There's a doctrine out there called soul sleep, uh, the Seventh-day Adventists have uh, adhered to that uh, doctrine that we're going to sleep until the rapture of the church. And I think that's what you guys are discussing. Our bodies are going to sleep, but not our soul. And that's the thing you need to remember. 
when Paul talks about that we, you know, shall sleep, our bodies shall sleep, but we will, when we take our last breath and our heart stops, and uh, as soon as life ends here, we go on to be with the Lord um, and to be present with the Lord. And I believe that's what the Scripture says. Now, our bodies are going to catch up with us later at the rapture of the church. Then our bodies are going to be resurrected, and we're going to have new heavenly bodies. Now, the question comes um, is, in the meantime, do we have a temporary body? Are we just in our spirits? What is uh, the deal there? And um, and I think that uh, we don't know, uh, but we do know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And where's the Lord? He's in heaven. So hopefully that helps you out and kind of brings a little clarity to you. It does. Uh, we weren't quite sure because we're all—I've always been a Christian myself, but um, some of my friends have been— um, Catholics and Baptists and Lutherans, and we really weren't sure where we got mixed up in the doctrine. And all I could say was to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So right. that's all like that's all like I said. He wouldn't have told the thief on the cross that this day you will be with me in paradise if he was going to go to sleep. But yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I, di- I didn't really have the the scriptures where exactly I could reference them to come up with uh, with the, the right answer. Yeah, and that's such a comfort to know that when we die, we go on to be with the Lord. Um, so I think what happens is people, they associate the resurrection, which is going to happen at the rapture, that we know um, we shall, you know, all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Paul writes about in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, but we're with the Lord as soon as we die here. And um, and so um, the new heavenly bodies will get at that time, and uh, and and Paul talks about too uh, in First Corinthians fifteen that the resurrection will happen all in its time in its order. So the church gets resurrected, and then later on you you have um, those tribulation saints that are going to be uh, resurrected, new bodies. Uh, then you have the Old Testament saints, and and then you have those who are going to get new bodies at the end of the millennium reign. Um, then Revelation chapter 20 talks about uh, at the end of the millennium reign, then the unrighteous dead that are in Hades right now, in that holding chamber, that they will be resurrected, and then they will stand before the great white throne judgment, and that's called the second death, and they will be cast into outer darkness. So there's a you know there's an order to the resurrection uh, for you and I as Christians uh, the resurrection will take place at the rapture of the church and I look forward to that but I also look forward to if the Lord takes me before then then I'm going to go home and be with Him and um, to be present with Him and that brings great comfort. Yes, I'm I'm looking forward to it myself. Yeah, all right, well, great. Thank Thanks much. for calling in. I, I very much appreciate it. You bet. Good question, because there's going to be a lot of confusion on that. So you have a good weekend, all right? All right, 303-690. As you know, uh, 690-3000, I need to finish the number there. But as you know, that when somebody hangs up, there is an open line. So grab one of those open lines. Very good question, 303-690-3000 again. 
you're listening to Calvary Live as we're ending the work week. Many of you are ending uh, a week that perhaps was difficult for you here in Colorado. Uh, maybe you got an extra day off or two uh, because of schools being closed or your workplace. I do want to thank you, all you first responders that were out there during the storm. Um, I thank you for those of you who are out uh, helping people be rescued in their cars. Uh, we're very grateful that you were willing to do that in very difficult circumstances. And we don't always think about the first responders um, that are out there 24-7, never take a break. They're, they're out there for our good and for our protection. And I just want to say thank you and also for, for you in Colorado and for all of us to be praying for uh, the Colorado State Troopers family, Daniel Groves, who lost his life on Wednesday just south of here of Greeley on I-76, protecting those, helping those uh, that were stuck in the blizzard. He was hit by a car. So please pray for his family, uh, for the Colorado State uh, uh, Patrol, their family. They've gone through such loss. And uh, lift him up, and let's remember him. So we're very grateful for you guys that are out there, the local uh, law enforcement, state uh, agencies. Um, you're there for our good and for our protection, and uh, you're called ministers of God, and you're doing a good work and an honorable work. And I thank you, firefighters and paramedics and all those that are there to serve and to help. We appreciate it, and especially during times like this blizzard that took place, that you're willing to go out there, um, you know, in very dangerous and difficult circumstances to serve others and it helps others. So just wanted to pass that along. Hey, give me a call, 303-690-3000. The text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go back to the phone lines. Let's go to Lori in Baltimore. Lori? Hi. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well. Good, good. I actually, I called yesterday, and um, now I finally get it that it's, this is live now and that we hear it next week. Yeah, I'm you get involved. to listen. Yeah, you get to listen to yourself um, a week from now. And just to remind everybody, for Truth and Hope FM, you're a week delay. But then you get to listen to the conversation, which is kind of neat. So um, that's one of the benefits that you guys get. Uh, but... Uh, what can we do for you today? Okay, so my father is turning 84 on St. Patrick's Day, and he's Catholic, Roman Catholic, and very structured in his Catholicism. And I know uh-huh. you recommend that book, um, something arguing Ron... with, I think his name is Rhodes. Yeah, Ron Rhodes. Probably if you uh, called... Uh... If Pastor Ed, uh, he probably would uh, recommend a book such as Ron Rhodes' uh, Reasoning with Catholics. Uh, very good book, very easy to understand. But that wasn't why I was calling. I was calling to say a, to ask for prayer for my father for his birthday, that he's going to be 84. He's had a lot of heart disease. And I just pray that the Lord will open his eyes to—I've been sending him all sorts of things. Um, Christian-related for a long time, and one one day I argued, I, oh, I found one of those tracks on the ground where it says something about Jesus, and I, I said, look, I said, look what I found, and he said, I have my church. So uh-huh. he's, 
he's just um, very structured, regimented, and rigid, and I just pray that it's his birthday, he's going to be 84, and I want the Lord to do a miracle. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the key, uh, Lori. You know, I came out of a Catholic background, and my family and my grandpa was the same way. Very, you know, the church, the church, the church. Um, And they were putting their faith in the church, in the sacraments, um, belonging to the Catholic church. And same with my parents, um, particularly my mom. And one of the things that I, I did was I finally just gave them Jesus. I didn't talk about the church, and I'm sure perhaps you have done this, but that's what's going to save him is, you know, for him to understand very clearly, Dad, do you believe that Jesus died for your sins and that he's alive and that you're forgiven as you come and believe in him? Just forget about the church, and he may bring it up, um, but just keep reiterating that to him of the love and the goodness of the Lord and uh, that Jesus loves you, Dad. And, you know, we want to make sure that you're going to go to heaven and you're 84, bless his heart. And we want you to know that the Lord loves you and he did die for you. And just keep it very, very simple. And um, keep giving him Jesus. Well, see, the thing is, he believes all of those individually, but he doesn't wrap it all together and understand the propitiation, like the the, the grace. He doesn't understand yeah. grace. He thinks that he has to keep contributing for good works, and he doesn't like put one and one together. He that's so that's what I'm praying for. He he definitely believes yeah. in Jesus and that he died for our sins, but he kind of like laughs at it the whole. Because he doesn't know how to put the Old Testament with the New Testament and see that it's a reflection. Right. Everything. Right. You know, he doesn't understand the prophecy. and I mean, I just yeah. don't think he does, because he makes, he makes fun a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And what I would do is just, you know, Ron Rhodes probably has some good ideas, and just keep giving them Jesus, because Jesus is the one that saves, as you and I know. And to ask him, Dad... You know, you believe that Jesus died for our sins, but do you believe that he died for your sins? And and make it a little bit personal. And maybe he'll think about it a little bit more, but then certainly we're going to pray that the Lord opens his eyes and yeah. that he clearly understands the gospel. So, Father, I pray for Lori. She loves her dad. He's going to be 84 here in a couple of days. And I thank you that she loves her dad enough to be able to call. And right now we just lift him up. We pray that his heart would be soft before you, his eyes open, that he clearly understands the gospel, not just in a universal way, but in a personal way, that he would know that the Lord loves him and, and, and came and died for him, rose again, and that heaven is real. And I pray you give Lori the wisdom, uh, to, to words to speak to him, uh, to be able to speak it in, in love, uh, a loving daughter speaking to her father, and that somehow you touch his heart, that she would just keep giving him scripture and the gospel and the compassion and love of Jesus Christ, and knowing this, that as we see you more, then all the other things begin to lose its pull on us. And I I pray that would happen. So bless his birthday. Lord, do a work in him. Be with Lori um, as she ministers to her dad. 
And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, Lori, keep so us up. That really helps. You bet. Keep us updated, and I'll be praying for your father. Thank you so much. Because I know how that is when, you know, having a family, my whole family on my mom's side is Catholic, and God's done some amazing things. But, you know, the religion, uh, sometimes it's hard to get through all the religious stuff and what's been, you know, part of their lives for so, so long. And um, so just keep giving them Jesus, the love of Jesus, the love of Jesus over and over again. And we're going to be praying with you, all right? Thank you so much again. Thank you. You bet, Lori. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sometimes people in their religiousness, and, you know, people can ask you and I, are you religious? And whenever anybody asks me that, I say, well, what do you mean by that? Because you can be religious just about anything. But, you know, we have relationship with Jesus Christ. And to keep the Gospels very, very simple um, and, and very, very direct to people, that Christianity isn't about being religious. What it's about is coming to Jesus Christ to be forgiven because we've all sinned and, and to come to the cross where he has died for us. And, and it's such a wonderful thing that has been provided for us. So uh, I do pray that um, we would have those opportunities to share with others, to bless others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, hey, let's go to Rudy in Denver. Rudy? Rudy, are you with us? Rudy dropped. Hey, Rudy, you, if you're still listening, sorry that you dropped. Prayer for taking your wife on a date this weekend for safety. So we can go ahead and pray for that. The Lord knows the details. So, Lord, I do pray for Rudy. He called in, uh, and I pray that uh, as he's taking his wife on a date this weekend for safety, maybe they're headed up in the mountains. Uh, maybe uh, that uh, perhaps that uh, they're worried about the avalanches or whatever the case may be. Keep them safe and bless their time together as husband and wife. It's very special to be able to do that that they would draw close to each other, draw close to you. So bless Rudy. Uh, just be with him this weekend. It'll be a very special time in Jesus' name. Amen. So Rudy, if you're still listening, I know you dropped. Uh, we did pray for you. Hope you were blessed uh, because of that. Hey, let's go to Tony in Pueblo. Tony? Hey, how's it How going? are you, Tony? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I, so Good. I just had a question uh, my first question is if baptism is necessary for salvation. And then my second question is what is your take on infant baptism and if that really applies to Christians? Well, we know that baptism, and in, in it's interesting, going through the Book of Romans on Sunday morning, which we're doing at Calvary Greeley here, that Paul writes about um, in chapter 6, he says, shall we continue in sin that grace abounds? Because he's right. been talking about this whole doctrine of justification. And the book of Romans just answers all of those questions that you're asking. He he says, first of all, in chapters 1, 2, and 3, we've all sinned, right? right. And, and he sums it up by saying, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He says the whole world stands guilty before God. But right. then he begins to talk about justification, being justified before God. And he makes it very, very clear that there's no works that will justify us. It is by faith alone. 
And he goes on and he says, being justified freely, that word freely means you cannot work for it or earn it by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. He goes on and he, you know, he he goes on in chapter 4 talking about how Abraham, it wasn't by works, it wasn't by circumcision that saved Abraham, was it? It was that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So there are those who come along today and say, well, you have to be baptized in order to be saved. That is not New Testament gospel. That is not the gospel of Scripture. And it's important that Paul, when he makes that distinction there of, listen, Abraham is saved by faith. He wasn't saved by circumcision. He believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, Genesis chapter 15, and then chapter 17 came circumcision. So we who are true descendants uh, of Abraham are descendants because of faith. So it is faith alone. Should we continue in sin that, that... should we t- continue in sin that grace abounds? Chapter 6, no. And he right. goes on, he says, we identify with Christ in baptism. So baptism right. is identifying with Christ, and it's an important part of our Christian lives. Right. And as we go under the water, it, it symbolizes that we're buried with Christ, the old man, the old woman. Sins are buried with Christ. Coming out of the water is living in that newness of life that he speaks about, that new resurrected life. Right. So baptism so, is is not necessary for salvation. So and baptism is more so a, a profession of faith, correct? It is. It is okay. an out, outward expression of what has already taken place inwardly in our hearts. Right. It is not for salvation. It is declaring that I've come to salvation, and I now identify with Christ in this newness of life. That's what baptism is about. Now, your second question about infants being baptized. We don't see any infants in the New Testament being baptized. We see in every instance that baptism comes after somebody comes to salvation. So an infant isn't going to come to salvation. So you go through the book of Acts, you see that um, you know they baptized those who first came to faith in Jesus Christ, and then um, they were baptized. So uh, baptism is an important part, as I said, in a Christian's life, but we don't do infant baptisms at, at Calvary Chapel here. Now, we will do dedications of babies, just as Jesus was brought to the temple in Luke chapter 2 to be dedicated. We will dedicate infants, toddlers, to the Lord until they are able to make a decision for Christ at a young age even. And I baptize children but they, we make sure that they understand that you know they're saved, they come to salvation, and then we baptize them. But we don't baptize infants or toddlers. Right. What would you tell somebody who is thinking about baptizing a baby? Well, sometimes there's there's steep church traditions that people will do it. I was baptized as an infant. Um, But I would just, again, show them the Scriptures, what the Scripture has to say. That's what we have. That's the mandate in which we follow. This is what God's Word declares about justification, about sanctification, when it comes to baptism. And in every instance, it is after one comes to believe in Jesus Christ. Because what is tied to um, infant baptism is the belief that perhaps that 
Yeah, I, I've been to, uh, you know, a funeral where the priest or uh, the pastor or whoever stood up and said, this person is saved because they were baptized as an infant. Well, that didn't save them. Right. That did not save them. So that's why it's important that we understand the gospel. It's so important that we understand that there's nothing that we can do to earn salvation. It is right. by grace. And Amen. it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. In chapter 11 of Romans, you can read this. Um, but he goes on to say in verse 6, um, and I'm going to read it to you. Hey, can can you hang on? Um, yeah. Okay, hang on, Tony. We're going to go to break. I'm going to finish my thought with you. We'll wrap it up, but we'll be back in about 90 seconds. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So glad that you can join us. So glad you're tuned in to today's edition of Calvary Live. So we have some open lines. Give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the number to call to be on the air, to talk about the things of the Lord, uh, to talk about Jesus, the Scriptures. Love to be able to do that with you. Let me give you that text line again that you can text in a question or a prayer request. Just make sure that you're safe as you're doing it. 720-336-0897. A lot of people, perhaps you're making your way home from a a very busy week, uh, perhaps a difficult week, uh, as we had a storm move in just two days ago. It's amazing what two days will do up here. It seems like a lot of the snow is already melting, except for the big piles. Uh, we appreciated the moisture up here. We got a lot of rain up here before the snow started, and that was good. So um, just wanted to, um, you know, just uh, say Thanks again to our first responders for helping us through a difficult week and being out there making us safe. And they continue to do so as we move into the weekend. They're always out there, um, and they're for our good and for our benefit. So let's, let's end the week on a great note. Let's talk about the Lord. If you got a few minutes, give me a call. I'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. Uh, but let's go ahead. I want to finish up with Tony. Tony, you still with us? Yeah. Hey, Pastor. Hey, thanks for holding. Hey, Tony, I I wanted to to read a verse to you um, from Romans chapter 11. You might want to note it um, in verse 6, because I was looking at this today. And Paul, he's talking about Israel. He's talking about, um, you know, their their rejection of Christ uh, is not final. There's going to be a restoration of Israel. But he says something very important. He says, if by grace, then it's no longer of works. Um, right. You know, he, he's talking about those, there's a remnant that have come to Christ according to the election of grace. If by grace, then it is no longer of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. But it, if it is of works, it's no longer grace. Otherwise, work is no longer work. So he uses the word grace four times in that verse. He uses the word work four times in that verse. What he's saying, it's either all grace or it's or it's works. It's not together. It, right. It's it's not grace and works. 
if it's grace, then there's no works that you can do to be, you know, receiving uh, salvation. If it's works, then grace doesn't play any part in it. So I think it's important for Christians because a lot of Christians believe there's something that I've got to do to be saved. I've got to be baptized. I got to be confirmed. I got to give to the church. There's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves for salvation. Jesus cried from the cross, it is finished. And I've always said this to my congregation, don't put a question mark where Jesus puts a period. He said it is finished. There's nothing that we can do for salvation. He did the work. He paid the price. He finished it on the cross. He rose again. And now we come freely. We are justified by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So always keep that in mind. And I think right. that might be a word for somebody who's listening today that thinks, well, I, I've I got to go to church this amount of time. I got to give enough. I got to worship on a certain day. You know, I got to be baptized. I, I've got to do these things. It's like, listen, rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And if right. any of us come along and we say you have to be baptized or worship on a certain day, then what you are saying is that Christ's work on the cross is not sufficient for forgiveness of sin and salvation. Right. And 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 Paul's blood would boil. When, when there are those who came along, just as the Judaizers were to the Galatian believers and saying, that's all fine and dandy that you believe in Jesus, but it's more to it. You have to be circumcised. And there right. are those who will come along and say, you have to be baptized, or you have to do this in order to be saved. Listen, baptism's important. I understand that. Right. But salvation comes by faith alone. So right. be, you know, be, rest in that and rejoice in that. Okay. Yeah, I was I was reading that Paul had only baptized two people, and that we're not even sure if Jesus ever baptized with water, but obviously with the Holy Spirit. And you know, one of the things that that Paul said in First Corinthians um, is he's talking about their division, and he says something very important uh, for those who say, "Well, you know, you have to be baptized in order to be saved." He said, "Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel." Um, he wouldn't say that if baptism were necessary for salvation. So he says, you know, there's a few that I baptize. The household is Stephanus, and besides, I don't know whether I baptize any other, for Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Right. It's the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. All right, Tony? All right, thank you so much. I appreciate it, Pastor. Hey, glad you guys are listening down there in the Pueblo area. appreciate you calling. God bless. God bless you, too. All right, 303-690-3000. Give me a call. Let's go to, let's see, Dustin and Decano. Hi, Dustin. Hi, um, Pastor. How are you doing? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. Um, yeah, still, I just had a brief question and a prayer request. Um, sure. So I uh, I tried to send the... Uh, the text message, but I figured I'd just call because I didn't. I was already like twenty minutes into the into the into the show, but uh, or the um, yeah. So my question was: when in the Council of Nicaea, when when they put together the books of the Bible, they put together First Corinthians. Did did the people who put together First Corinthians did they know 
did they know that there was other that Paul had, you know, either written other letters to the Corinthians or, or you know, did, yeah, because and, you know, the, go ahead. Yeah, basically, did you know the same thing with Second Corinthians? Did you know? Right. Did they when they when they named First Corinthians and Second Corinthians? Did they intentionally do that with the knowledge yeah. that? There was, there may have been another letter, or well, they they must have been because doesn't Paul mention it in his letter? And he says, you know, when I wrote to you, um, and um, so there was a letter that was written, and I'd have to review all my notes. You know, I haven't you know gone through First Corinthians for a little bit, but the details. But there were other letters that he wrote, right? And so I'm sure because Paul mentions it that they think that perhaps First uh, Corinthians is actually the second letter that he wrote, and then Second Corinthians. Uh, what is interesting, um, they think that even some have suggested that Second Corinthians is a combination of two letters that he wrote. Um, there are some that have suggested that uh, because uh, they they think that perhaps uh, chapters. 9 through 13 of 2 Corinthians was a, another letter that he wrote because he writes a whole lot about his ministry in 2 Corinthians. Uh, he's very personal. Um, I love 2 Corinthians. And then um, all of a sudden, uh, in actually in chapter 8 to the end, he kind of changes subjects. So there's been a lot of that, how much they knew, how they decided all that. I'd have to really go back and look at it and stuff. But we do know that Paul wrote other letters to Corinth. Not all the letters that Paul wrote became canon of Scripture. We do know that he, when he wrote to um, the, the Church of Colossae, we have the book of Colossians, but he also wrote a letter. Do you know who else he wrote to? He wrote to the Church of Laodicea. Yeah, Laodicea. So we don't have that. Whether it was lost, uh, we don't have that letter. I would have loved to have seen that letter, Dustin, because 35 years later, Jesus writes a letter to Laodicea, doesn't he? And he says, you're the lukewarm church. And he didn't have anything good to say about that church. So I would have loved to have compared that, you know, what, what Paul would have said. What is interesting, too, Dustin, is Jesus sends a letter to seven churches in Revelations chapters 2 and 3. Paul writes to seven churches in the epistles. And um, so I find that kind of interesting. But there were other letters to, that he wrote to, to Corinth, uh, whether they were not preserved, um, but we do know that Paul mentions it. Yeah, yeah, that's I've yeah I've been researching that a lot, and yeah, they say that he could have written actually several letters, and they say right. that the the thing is when they look at the early manuscripts uh, with Second Corinthians, actually there's no indication that there's more, you know, that they were separate letters. That it was in the early manuscripts, it's all one letter as well, from what I read. Yeah. And then when you go to the Old Testament. Um, you know, First and Second Kings was all one books. I think First and Second Samuel was all one book. First and Second Kings was all one books, and First and Second Chronicles was all one book. And then they later divided them. So, interesting, interesting things. Appreciate your question. Yeah, <laughs> um, if you could say a brief, if 
Um, one of the reasons I've been asking is because I've gotten to some good debates with my, you know, with my brother and other people about, you know, the validity of scripture and like, they just been like, you know, my brother completely stopped going to church because some guy from the army, he said that they changed the Bible in the council of Nicaea. And my, I could tell by the look of my brother's face, he was frustrated because he had just been going to church for several weeks and I really wow. didn't have enough knowledge to win him back. Yeah. Now he, now he left, he left state. And so it was, it was very difficult for me to, yeah, for, you know, so the, I believe I think, these, even though these conversations may seem like, you know, some people might say, oh, you know, that's, it's not like the biggest issue, but you know, the, you know, a lot of people who are new to the church, they'll come with these questions and if they don't get the right answers, they'll just, they'll immediately just turn that person off, you know? Yeah, and it is important discussions because there's a lot of people going around saying, well, the Bible's been changed. And if they can get somebody to doubt, that's exactly a tool of the enemy. He wants us to think, you know, that, hey, the Bible's been changed. It's not true. It's just myths. Um, You know, you can't trust the Bible when, you know, believing that the Bible's inspired by God, the infallibility, the inerrancy of Scripture is very important for us as believers. So a book, Dustin, just uh, maybe you've already thought about this, but I think a really good book to to share with him is Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell. And he goes over, um, and especially if he's kind of a thinker, um, he goes over Josh McDowell. It's been around for many, many years. It was a book that helped me when I was young, when I first you know, was struggling with these things. Has the Bible been changed? You know, is it... Uh, that's what somebody told me, and when I looked at and read Josh McDowell's book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, that he goes over the canon of Scripture, why we can trust it, and that he shows that it has not been changed, and how the canon of Scripture has been put together. So that might be a reference for you. Uh, we always have that book uh, in our bookstore here at the church, Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell. And you know, I think that it's something that you would get— it kind of reads like notes is what it does. Um, and and then he's got a simpler version, that a smaller version. But I really like that book because you can dig into it, and you can see that a lot of thought went into it, and we can trust the canon of Scripture and how it was put together. So hopefully that'll help out and your friend and to let him know that the Bible has not been changed um, and it's not missed, that we can have great confidence in the inspiration and the infallibility, and the inerrancy of Scripture, and we need to stand on that. Yeah, amen. And, yeah, if if you could, uh, you know, pray for me to just have wisdom, and I don't think every time that people will, you know, turn off people who don't know the answers to the Bible, but, you know, I just, you know, if you could pray for me that, you know, that I would be able to, you know, just Absolutely. Go, go on the right path that the Lord wants me to be on, and yeah. you know, and just Amen. maybe that maybe that He would just prepare me to uh, be able to talk with those people because my brother is going to be gone, I think, <laughs> for a month. Yeah. But but I think he's yeah. going to come back. <laughs> yeah, Father, I pray for Dustin. I thank you for his call, and <clears throat> I think it's a very important question because you've called us not to assassinate our brains, but people think about these things. 
and we are to study to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. We know that um, we're, that we're to give a reasonable answer for those who ask, and that's what Dustin wants to do. And I just pray that you give him the right words to share with his friend, the, the right resources. I pray for him um, that um, you would just minister to his heart and assure his heart that this Bible that we hold uh, is is God-breathed from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation twenty two twenty one. We can trust in your word and that we can stand on your word. So, Lord, I pray you be with us and give him wisdom. Open the eyes and the heart of his friend to these things, to these truths. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Dustin. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. You have a great weekend. 303-690-3000, Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Greeley. Hey, let's go to let's go ahead and go to Chris from Thornton. Chris? Yes, Pastor Jeff. Hi. Good. How are you? I'm I'm very good. Thank you. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. 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 Uh so I just wanted to call real quick. Uh big thank you. Um I'll I'll try to make a long story short. But um my uncle who is not saved. Uh, but is a very good-hearted man and has been fed a lot of nonsense in his life, uh, which is kind of has it's kind of steered him away from from Christianity or any other organized religion of any kind. Um, but uh, he uh, he had this uh, this medical condition, which is kind of sensitive, so I won't go into details. But it was a, a very unusual physical condition, and it caused him to go to the doctor. And from that visit, they determined that he had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, and then I found out about this, and uh, I was uh, listening to the radio, which just happened to be on your station, which I didn't even know existed at, uh, until then. And I was listening to Pastor Jason, and uh, I called in, and I asked uh, that, uh, that we, we could pray for my uncle and that uh, he would receive healing and that he would know that it was his heavenly father that that was healing him and and bring him closer to god and uh he uh he underwent a bunch of tests and it turns out he has a very r- rare form of lymphoma that he's only in stage 1 though which is a miracle because uh, if if it was beyond that it's the type of lymphoma that attacks the central nervous system and beyond stage 1 mm. it attacks the brain and the treating is extremely difficult and the side effects are absolutely horrible and there's not a lot they can do for him uh so best case scenario uh he uh he, it's treatable he's undergoing treatment starting today i think um, and the prognosis looks pretty good. So I wanted to call and say thank you. I called oh, him, absolutely. and I told him, Uncle Bob, uh, I just wanted you to know that we, I, I got a bunch of people all over this country to pray for you, <laughs> a bunch of Christians, and that uh, that God would heal you and that you would know it was him who did it. And he, uh, yeah. he told me to tell you guys thank you. Yeah. Tell him it's a privilege to pray for him. And, you know, and I just want Chris to encourage others that are listening that, you know, pray for people. People, sometimes they we think, oh, that person doesn't want me to pray for them. But I find more times than not that they're very, very appreciative and overwhelmed when there are people praying for them. 
especially when they are in a situation where there's physical sickness or difficulties that they're going through in trials. I prayed with many people. I've had, you know, in my ministry outside these four walls uh, to others um, that, you know, they have no interest, you know, don't want to listen, ignore, whatever. But all of a sudden they come through a difficult time. And when you say, I'm going to pray for you, it means so much to them. And yeah, so, and and I think it really, um, I think it touched him profoundly, and and yeah. I just hope that this is the the first step toward a, a personal relationship with God. So the, the reason I was calling today is a a thank you from me, b thank Absolutely. you from him, uh, and also if um if you could just uh, pray that uh, I or others around him would have the right words, uh, the 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 wisdom to offer him what he needs to hear to understand exactly what his father feels for him and what he's done for him. Yeah. You know, Jesus loves you. You know, he loves you, uncle. (laughs) And, and he died for you. And, you know, he, he wants you to come to him. Just give him the love and compassion of Jesus Christ. You know, Paul came to Corinth. We were talking about the book of Corinthians. And he said that I don't come in the, demonstration you know he i don't come in human wisdom or uh you know i I come in the power demonstration of the holy spirit preaching nothing but jesus christ and him crucified just give him the cross give him the love of jesus so father i pray for chris i thank you that um his uncle's got treatment coming that they were able to um, diagnose his uh, lymphoma um that it's very treatable and, Lord, that he was touched by Christians that would care enough to pray for him. And so, Lord, I, I just pray that you would take that and that you would soften his heart to hear the words of Chris and others around him that share the love of Jesus Christ with him and that he would come to full healing, that is, the healing of his soul, um, coming to Christ to be forgiven and know that that Jesus died for him um, and that he would come to salvation and assurance um, of, Lord, that he is your child and that he would have not a spirit of fear but of a spirit of adoption where we can cry out, Abba, Father. So, Lord, do that work. Open his eyes. Soften his heart. You've already done that. I I hear that in the voice of of Chris. Just give them wisdom to minister to um, their uncle who they love so much and who you love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Keep us updated, Chris, okay? I sure will. God bless you and everybody listening. You bet. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You know, sometimes I think that Satan comes along, and he sells us a bill of goods that we can't minister to others or share with them uh, because they don't want to hear it or... We'll embarrass ourselves. You know, I think it's real important that every day that we're just sensitive to the leading of the Lord because he'll give you those divine appointments uh, to be able to just say, hey, can I pray for you? And some people really, it touches their lives. And if they don't want, they'll say, no, I really don't want to, and that's okay. But to, to just share with them just the love of Christ, the compassion of Christ, um, I, I hope, and, and I've kind of been pressing this on our congregation, to have a heart for the lost, um, because we are rushing towards eternity, and life is short. 
and you may be the only gospel, the good news uh, of those uh, you know that are around you and linked to you in your life that that there is, and um, and you can really start to minister by just simple words of truth and love and compassion to them, and it will go a long ways in letting them know, hey, I'm going to pray for you. I do care for you. And sometimes we think we have to be theological experts, but you've heard the saying before that people really don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's the first thing, that we speak the truth in love, we share the love of Jesus Christ with others. So just a little encouragement um, for you today. Hey, let's go to Jeffrey on the uh, eastern Colorado. Jeffrey? Jeffrey, you still there? Hello? Jeffrey, you're on Calvary Live. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Okay. What can we do for you? Uh, so I have a prayer request for my wife and I. Um, okay. But but before I get into that, uh, you had a caller earlier calling in about her dad, and he's, uh-huh. he's Catholic. Uh-huh. And so she doesn't hear this show live. She hears it next week. Right. Is, is, is that okay? So I just hopefully she hears it next week. But I just want to do encourage her because my wife, well, when we first had met, and we weren't married at this point, obviously, but she was Catholic, and I was actually a new believer in Jesus, and it was really hard for a while, uh, and it caused a lot of you know unnecessary fights. Um, you know, her arguing her faith and me being such a new believer was just so you know open about you know, Jesus, where she wasn't, you know, comfortable with that. Right, right. Um, But I just wanted to encourage her because, you know, after just sharing everything that I was learning about Jesus while I was learning about uh, about Jesus, um, and then avoiding the arguments with her, just not arguing with her and listening to, you know, her opinion, but just sharing her, sharing with her what I learned about Jesus, you know, eventually turned on turned on the light. And I'm not saying that, you know, Catholics, you know, cause I, I believe that some Catholics are, you know, sure. saved, but, sure. um, yeah. And, you know, you remind me, um, Jeffrey, you remind me of, uh, a verse in second Timothy. I just want to share with our listeners and then I'll let you go on with your prayer request. Okay. But, uh, you brought up a very important point that a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. And that's exactly what you did. That's wow, that, exactly is, a, what you that did. is an amazing verse. I haven't read yeah. that yet. That is absolutely, yeah. uh, that absolutely that's nails ex- it on the head, doesn't it? Yep, and that's what I was thinking of when you were just talking to me. So, hey, we only got a couple minutes left. Yes, you yeah. got a prayer uh, request? So, yeah, I just wanted prayer requests for my wife and I because we've been going through it, and and we've been having a hard time. So basically it just all narrows down to we have a hard time. When we argue, we argue about something small, but then that something small escalates the argument, and it just snowball effects. And I just mm-hmm. pray that I, I can start loving her like Jesus would want me to love her, and that I'll start, you know, listening to her, and she'll start listening to me, and just overall right. we'll stop letting these big fights turn into, or these yeah. small arguments turn into huge fights. Right. And here's the thing, because we got two minutes left, and I want to go to right. prayer. When you start those arguments, 
take her by the hand, say, we're going to stop, and let's pray. And then let's search the Word, the Bible, to see what the Lord has to say. But begin by praying, because the Lord will show us, and he'll give us clarity and understanding. So, Father, I do pray for Jeffrey. I thank you for his heart. I thank you for his honesty. And, Lord, that as him and his wife begin to because there's a lot of things that we can begin to argue about, and it can uh, grow, and, and um, it can become bigger arguments. But, Lord, that they would stop and go to you, that you would give them just peace, that you would give them um, direction and guidance and wisdom in every decision, and they would know this, that they're on the same team. They, they have a life together, and it's two imperfect people, but they believe in a perfect God. And, Lord, I pray that uh, you would work in that way, that you would just bless him and, and um, uh, his uh, child, uh, his two-year-old, and, Lord, that they would be the parents that you want them to be, that their marriage would be centered on you, and, um, Lord, strengthened by you and directed by you in every way, in Jesus' name. Amen. Jeffrey, I hope that prayer you. goes out to anybody else who's in a marriage Absolutely. and struggling, you know? Amen. Thanks, Jeffrey. Hey, you have a good you, weekend. You, you guys and everybody, Yeah, we will. Everybody have a great weekend. Thank you for calling in today, being a part of the show. Have a great weekend. Be sure to go to church this weekend if you can. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.